This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to a special edition of the KLI and Husker Hour. It is our fifth anniversary. This day, five years ago, not only was it my sister's birthday, happy birthday, Carmen. All right. uh, But this day, five years ago, the very first episode of not the KLI and Husker Hour, not inside Husker Sports, but Huskers Illustrated Radio. Huskers Illustrated Radio. That's right. We had a two-year run of Huskers Illustrated, and then it was inside Husker Sports for a year, and and here we are with the KLI and Husker Hour going strong and five years running. In about three years, it'll be Henry and the Huskers. Yeah, you know, I think Husker Hour is good. Let's let's stick with Husker Hour. We, I, it's it's. I don't know if it's technically past the total amount of time that Huskers Illustrated had, but it's probably pretty <laughs> close. Uh, and we will have a uh, a special guest uh, to celebrate our. Uh, our five-year anniversary coming up, so you'll want to stick around uh, for that as well. There's a ton of stuff to get to. Uh, we have commitments, transfers, flips, uh, commitment announcements coming up. But as we as we always do, Caleb, and even though there is no football season here in Lincoln this year, what uh, are you talking for, about? North Star college. just played last night. Yes, they lost to Hastings, but there was football in the city. There was there was high school football. There's no college football here, but there's plenty of college football news. It's football time in the city. That sounds very sad. <laughs> it sounds like there's it sounds like there's not football it, time in the it's, city. It's 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 a Christmas song. They all end up being a little bit sad. <laughs> a little bit. So, uh, I don't know if anybody uh, is has an a bit has a, a a bigger affinity for yachts this week. <laughs> Uh, because of some Yahoo on Twitter who thought he knew something. Boats, man. But football's not happening for the Big Ten. No, it is not. The dreams are dashed. It's all winter slash spring now, uh, whatever that looks like. Uh, but let's let's go back to earlier in the week where you kind of had things continuing to blow up on Kevin Warren and the 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 the, con- the conference's overall decision. And how they rolled that out, and how they decided to uh, make that information public or not. In most mm-hmm. in most cases, uh, that that was not public information, and they didn't really give much more. They did. I mean, he did put out a statement, but uh, it was it was just was there a vote? Was there not a vote? Oh, I don't know if there was a vote. It was more just a a collaborative process or whatever academic term Sandy Barber at Penn State yeah. used, and and it, it was of course. Here's Nebraska, the new the new school in the conference who got just filleted for about a week. Uh, their chancellor is the one who had to come out and set everybody straight. Exactly. Lo and behold, um, and and so I thought we'd start with that because right here on this station on these airwaves, uh, Jack Mitchell was the one who was able to work with Ronnie Green and kind of get some stuff. Out there, uh, kind of set everybody straight. And, and we do need to thank Kellen Havikin for that as well. He he had been oh yeah, yeah. he had been working for a week and a half to get the chancellor on. Um, we'd actually got him kind of scheduled the week before a couple of times. Things just fell through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kellen Havikin put a lot of work into getting the chancellor, who then became the first voting member of that Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors to really speak at length. In in an in an interview, yeah. So yeah, big ups to Kellen and and you and as well for for being a part of that and and putting that show on. Uh, this was Road to Recovery earlier this week. Ronnie Green with Jack Mitchell here uh, discussing that vote. So as that decision was made, it was the the Council of Presidents and Chancellors that made that decision um, Tuesday a week ago, as you you'll remember, and and it was made as a vote. So, so there a, was there, a there, vote. There actually was absolutely a vote. 
Okay. Uh, that that was considered over a period of several days. The uh, it actually was voted on that Tuesday. So you were asked, you were told you were going to have a vote. Yes. Uh, and you had time to consider it, and then you come together. I assume in a Zoom meeting. Yeah. And, and you so guys there was cast a your meeting, votes. Multiple meetings. I can't tell you how many meetings. There were pile of meetings. Uh-huh. You've heard, I know you've been with Bill Moose, and he's told you about every morning since March yeah. 11th. There's been an AD meeting, which is absolutely true. And so a lot of lot of meetings, a lot of discussion. You know that just last week, the week before, right? We had just put out the proposed schedule, the plan for yes. moving forward. There'd been a a lot of work up to get to that point of having everything ready to go for practices to proceed and for being able to move forward. But then over the course of the several days after that, there was additional information that came to the decision-making process from the medical community especially and from and from the institutions in terms of how things were working on their campuses so 14 schools spread out, you know, wide footprint, Atlantic Ocean to Wyoming, basically, mm-hmm. um, and very different conditions in many of those institutions than what we have here in being able to cope with this pandemic. I'll just put it that way. Very, you, di- very I, different conditions. Don't mean to interrupt, but you, and you got that information as you were considering your vote. Absolutely. And, and you took a look at Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so when it came to the point of the... The evidence for that decision, so the board considering that decision, which, as I said, was just a little over a week ago, and that vote was taken, there was an overwhelming consensus. It was not unanimous. I think that's been clear from okay. uh, you. We stated what our position was. Um, I think it's been made pretty clear. We felt we were ready to play. Mm-hmm. We felt we had all of the mechanisms in place for us locally mm-hmm. here to be able to be successful moving forward with the season, and we were very clear on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was an overwhelming consensus. There was a vote taken, and the decision was made. And I know you're bound by confidentiality and breaking down the vote. Can you say at least whether Nebraska stood alone on this or whether there were other ones? Can you get into that? It was not a unanimous decision. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it a I mean, unanimous I mean, minus one? <laughs> it, it was not a unanimous decision, right. and there there were there were dissenting voices. <laughs> when look when when you make national news with your radio station, you got to start with that. I'm not going to bury the lead here. And here's the thing: with what part was ended on there? Now there had been reports early on that the vote was 12 to two, with it being Nebraska and Iowa as the dissenting votes that was the dan patrick that was the dan patrick and then it came out that 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 wasn't the vote or there wasn't a vote at all yeah well there was a vote and i'm and it was not unanimous yeah it was not unanimous and at this point i don't really care what other presidents say because the the one representing the university of nebraska lincoln says there was a vote Mm -hmm. so so that's the one here this is the one we have the most access to this is the one that has the most impact on what our day-to-day lives and jobs are here in the state of Nebraska and in the city of Lincoln. He says there was a vote. He says there were dissenting voices. So we do know it was plural. Mm. Is that two? Is Was it Nebraska and Iowa? Was it Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio, Ohio State? State? So, did those other ones vote yes to play, or did they vote for postponement? Because here's the thing, and, and Jack Mitchell and I have talked about this both on Twitter as well as here on the airwaves on 1400 KLIN. Who would be trying to keep that vote from coming to light. Probably the football schools that had their president or chancellor vote against fall sports. If you are the Ohio State president or the Penn State president or the Michigan president who reportedly was not seeing eye to eye with Jim Harbaugh. Yes. You would not want that vote to come forward. Now, who doesn't care if this vote comes forward? Minnesota, (laughs) Northwestern, Illinois, like, they they don't care. They they're not going to care if this vote comes forward because they're they're going to say, well, it was it was all in the health and safety uh, for the student athletes, which is all well and good. Mm. That that's perfectly fine. Anything done for the health and safety of the student athletes, I can jump on board with that. But there are a lot of things that go into the health and safety of playing football that probably could have postponed a number of seasons. <laughs> specifically all the CTE discussion. So if if we start going down that road, you're going to eventually not play at all because it is a game of risk. 
We did hear from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren in his open letter this week as well, which that came 30 minutes before we talked with UNL Chancellor yeah. Ronnie Green, so that threw us for a curveball immediately on Wednesday. But he cited uh, rise of transmission rates of COVID-19, not enough knowledge of the virus, and concerns surrounding contact tracing as the rationale for the decision. Now, there's nothing scientific in any of that. It's just these are the reasons they're going with. The one that I kind of want to focus on, Cole, is not enough knowledge of the virus. NCAA Board of uh, NCAA Division One Board of Governors approved one sweeping eligibility for all fall sport athletes, whether or not they play during this academic year, but also the intention to play fall sport championships in the spring. Now, let's say the Big Ten does play spring football. Yes, that's outside the NCAA championship, but let's say they do play. What's different in two to three, four months? How much more knowledge do you really gain over this last quarter of the year that you didn't gain in the first eight months? Well, you go the other direction. What what did you learn over the course of uh, a week? Like You felt like you knew enough to put out the schedule literally a week before you shut things down. Yeah. Did you feel like you knew everything then, or you knew enough then? Like the the I think everybody kind of got down to the same place, which was there should be a little bit more information coming out. Like the mm-hmm. parents groups that that have been either sending letters with legal representation or yeah, going two different to letters, two different letters from Nebraska parents. Yeah. Regardless of what the groups are doing, the groups of parents, uh, they wanted answers. They just wanted to know the rationale. Give me the reason. Give me the why. It's kind of like, you know, I, I've got four kids, and I, I'm told all the time now that before, back when I was young, uh, for, for people who were older than me, you told a kid that just because I said so, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, no, the, the kids want to know why you say they can't have ice cream for breakfast. Like, they want to yes. know the why. You want, and, and look, there's nothing wrong with that because this affects, it affects. Look, the health and safety stuff is fine, but there's also, for some kids, they think they've got a chance in an NFL career, mm-hmm. and they've got to be able to make a move in their junior year, and now their junior year is gone. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of moving pieces here, and not knowing the rationale was, I think, what everybody ended up kind of getting on the same page about, look, this is what we need. I like that point about bringing up folks wanting to know the why, and that is a little bit of a generational thing. Yeah. Um, back in 2012, I went to the NCAA Career and Sports Forum, um, when I was still in college, I was lucky enough to go to this. And one of the speakers there was a former Navy SEAL who tried out for a couple different NFL teams and he got cut. But he was talking with us and he said back back when he was playing and folks of his generation, if you said, go run through this brick wall head first, they would go, okay, yeah. and just put their head down and run through that brick wall. But he said what he loved about the the student-athletes around that time, so that's almost a decade ago, but especially now, it's if a coach or someone tells them, okay, put your head down and run through this brick wall, they say, okay, why? And the reason for that is now they want to know, how is this going to make me better for us? There's so much more knowledge that wants to get spread, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just something that continues to evolve with with our technology and with everything that we've got, the way that we can spread as much information, but there's a lot more question of, why and if you can say the why is because of this and you go okay i that that is going to make me better i get it let's do this but i think that's what the parents and especially the two letters from nebraska parents they're asking the why and the transparency at no point the the pair of letters from parents of nebraska football players are they asking for a decision to be reversed that isn't included with either of the letters um at least in the nebraska parent side of things now yes justin fields ohio state quarterback is got a petition to reverse the course for the decision. But the Nebraska parent letters are just asking for transparency. What was that scientific data? And this latest one that went out with legal representation is saying, what are the what are the minutes? What are the documents? What's the scientific data that went into it? What are, if you have any, video and audio recordings? They want to know what that vote is. And like we said, who doesn't want that vote to come forward? Probably Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. The, the big schools that... If they voted no. Yeah, if they voted no. You know who's fine with it coming out? Nebraska. Really the only one to put their name on it so far. Yeah. Without 
officially putting their name oh, yeah. on it. And he, uh, there was a lot of times Chancellor Green said, "We've made our position very clear." Yes, yeah, no, no, no <laughs> doubt about that. He was he was very crafty. He's uh he's he's uh, a wily veteran at this type of stuff. Uh, so more more on this when we come back. Biggest. Uh, the, the biggest fallout from this, we've got more information about Nebraska's athletic department, uh, our neighbors to the east, what they're doing uh, about no fall football and the fallout from that. Other conferences, are those plans still moving forward? What's going on at those universities? Uh, and the biggest non-story out of all of this, I'm going to tell you what that is as well here on our fifth anniversary show. It is the KLIN Husker Hour. Back with more after this. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning. A staple of your life for five plus years now, I'm sure. Uh, we uh, we wanted to discuss a little bit more of the fallout from the decision of the Big Ten to not go on with fall football and this has already been talked about in terms of the budget's impact Caleb with yeah. Nebraska is going to have a big shortfall they're going to be close to 100 million dollars short and uh, it was announced earlier this week there were 51 furloughs of mm-hmm. athletic department employees starting September 1st running all the way through the end of this year uh, plus all the rest of the staff uh, within the athletic department uh, getting a 10% pay cut on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's only going to save the university about, th- or the athletic department about $3 million, but you got to really find it wherever you can get it. And um, it look, this it's terrible for, for folks, some of the folks in our, you know, similar industry uh, that are, they're getting affected by this within the athletic department, but it's, it's what a lot of athletic departments are doing around the country right and, now. And Sean Callahan was, was reporting that, Nebraska is also closing down the training tables That's, yeah. right now. So the training tables and, and AD Bill Moose had been letting athletic department staff eat at the training tables as well. He he, he said yeah. when, when he talked to the Journal Star, morale was extremely high, and that was one of the things was folks were able to be there and eat and um, go through mentoring sessions and how to, well, if you want to move up to a different position, how do we help you make that, make that happen? And that... That's obviously now worked itself a little bit back with the way everything's gone over the course of this year. But with closing down the training tables, how does this affect the student-athletes? Well, the ones that are on full scholarships, think football, they, uh, I guess, are just going to get extra money, go into kind of their, their allotted amount of money for them to go eat at other places, and they're going to get dining credit, mm-hmm. um, depending on if they're on campus or off campus. But the partial scholarships... Or the walk-ons, you don't really get anything extra. Yeah. So losing that training table, that's a big hit to a lot of student athletes at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Um, you you look through all of that, and it's the student athletes continue to get hit really really hard. Now it's nice to get that eligibility back for a year. Yep. It's nice to have all of these things happen. The hits do keep coming though. There there are things that that's great long term. That's great next year. What's going to happen here in August? What's going to happen in September? What's going to happen as we get through the rest of this semester? You you have to imagine there are going to be more cuts as things come up. Now, Nebraska's not cutting sports at this time. Yeah, Moose confirmed that he's going to try to avoid that basically by any means necessary as long as things can get back to normal maybe in the winter-spring period. Uh, if it goes further than that, then they might need to consider cuts. No, that, that's, not the, that's not the case for Iowa, though. No. There are four of them, right? Yes, uh, men's gymnastics, men's tennis, uh, and men's and women's swimming and diving. Um, all four of those sports at Iowa are cut because they're facing about a $100 million budget shortfall uh, as well. And you mentioned the NCAA where they, they the eligibility question for, yep, for just, folks Just a blanket sports. waiver for everyone yep. in fall sports. So extra let's... year and an extra year in which to complete it. And that's, like you said, it, it, it is not an easy as easy as just saying, oh, yeah, I, I lost this year, so I'm going to get it back next year. No, it, some kids are you know ready to start the rest of their lives. They know they're not going to be an NFL player, so mm-hmm. they're going to have to prepare for stuff that's going to come next with their major and what they want to do uh, career-wise. Uh, balancing that against what they hoped to have been their, their last hurrah as a senior um, you know, some some it's a no brainer. They're going to do one way or the other because they they just have their mind made up. But uh, that's really going to pull at a lot of those kids. So I want to give you the pessimistic and the optimistic side of both of those. Please do. So on the eligibility side, that blanket waiver, 
let's say the Big 12 ACC and SEC do play out an entire season and have a national championship. Mm. Well, there's going to be some guys there that they're going to play that all the way out, and they've played all four years of their eligibility, maybe five with a with a red shirt in there. Yeah. And if they go, you know what? I'm a I'm a late round draft pick, or maybe I'm not even slate. I'm borderline. Yeah. I'm going to come back for another year and start some grad school stuff, and I want to play another year of football. Well, you're you're going to have some guys that are the sixth year, seventh year seniors coming back across the country that you've still got to play this fall, and they'll come back next year. That kind of stinks for Nebraska, who's going to lose out on all of those practices, maybe not even play in the spring, and essentially be a year behind mm-hmm. of what those other Power 5 conferences are. The optimistic side, spring sports. The NCAA is going to try to hold the fall championships in the spring. Yep. Let's talk volleyball. Let's talk the fact that Nebraska was going to be a top 5 team nationally with a chance to go to the Final Four, supposed to be in Omaha, this team could make a Final Four here in the state of Nebraska. Turn around a few months later if they still play a fall volleyball season going forward. Bring back all of those seniors. Jazz Sweet, Lexi Sun, um, Haley Four Densberger, uh, Lauren Stiverance. Stiverance, that's yeah. You, you bring back those four plus... Like the numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Possibly top. the greatest recruiting class in the history of sports. And they all just get a team up for it. Goodness. That's the optimistic. Now, there, there's the potential there for that. That potential is going to be there for that. Will that happen? Will, will maybe one or two of those say, I, I think I'm going to move on? Will someone who's part of that recruiting class say, oh, that's, they're loaded and I kind of wanted to play as a freshman yeah. and go somewhere else? All of those are possibilities, too. But you got to take the the pessimism with the optimism, and you're going to find somewhere right in the middle. Also, the unanswered question uh, relating to the 2021 season and what happens if you play in the fall versus uh, playing in the spring. Uh, early enrollees, is that going to be an advantage for the Big Ten? <laughs> or is the Big Ten and the Pac-12, if they decide to play spring football, are those conferences going to allow their early 2021 class enrollees to play in that year and still not have that year count against them as well? That's an unanswered question at this point. Uh, plus how many games, like Jeff Brom, the Purdue head coach, did release that plan that we yeah. talked a little bit about last week. I don't know if that's going to be what Big Ten does. Maybe they use it as a template. Maybe they just scrap that and look for something altogether different. But that's still an open question is, how many games do you want to play in the spring and still have a viable fall season where you're not just destroying 18, 19, 20-year-old kids' bodies? Uh, over the course of 12 months, because usually you have a little bit more time for rest and conditioning and building back up. Uh, so those are all questions. The other thing I wanted to get to this segment uh, before we have uh, our special guest or guests uh, coming up here at 930, the other conferences still moving forward, despite some troubling signs on those campuses, uh, you have 20% of the ACC move their campuses from in-person to remote learning with Notre Dame, North mm-hmm. Carolina, and NC State. Uh, Alabama, uh, they had, uh, well, on, on re-entering the campus, just students at large, not the football program, students at large re-entering campus, 1% positivity rate. Then Thursday, they reported 29% testing positive uh, out of all the tests. So that's not looking good. You had the pictures that Nick Saban was talking about. Um, as of right now, the SEC, the ACC, uh, and the Big 12 still moving forward with trying to play um, that fall season. Uh, and, and they're not starting right away on Labor Day weekend. They're starting a little bit later than that. But mm-hmm. uh, those those sports are still uh, yet to come. And then uh, this, this, uh, this kind of backs up to the Kevin Warren Big 10 debacle. Uh, this is what I teased right before the break, the biggest non-story of this whole thing, Caleb. Uh, Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, has a son who plays football at Mississippi State in the SEC. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten is scheduled to not play football. The SEC still is. Named his son Power, right? What's that? It's like Power Warren. Is is that what it is? I don't. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, we, we don't need to... The po- Look, some people are looking to make this a giant issue and, oh, Kevin Warren's hypocritical and why is he letting his son play football if he's not letting all these sons play football? Look, this was not Kevin Warren's decision. Mm-hmm. We've been very critical of his handling of this situation here on this show and this station and in this as, as state. As we should, yeah. Um, you know, criticism where criticism is due, right? 
But his son is an adult. His son plays in a conference in which they're still moving forward. That's not up to Kevin Warren, nor is the decision of the Big Ten. That was the chancellors and presidents who voted to not have the season. It's not up to Kevin Warren. It's up to Kevin Warren to, you know, maybe do a better job of selling it publicly. Uh, but that doesn't have anything to do with his kid playing in the SEC. I just thought that 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 is that is blown up this week, and mm-hmm. I think it's the dumbest thing out of all of this. Sec- well, maybe the second dumbest thing out of the way Kevin Warren's handled yeah. the situation. Well, when Bill Moose's son plays in the Pac Pac twelve, right? That's right. So yeah. let let's say the Pac twelve was still playing. Mm-hmm. Are we going to now come in and say? Oh, the Big 12 isn't playing, and one of the athletic directors has their son playing. Are we going to give that same criticism to the athletic director, who once again, just the same as Kevin Warren, gets to have a little bit of voice in talking to those presidents and chancellors, but is ultimately not the one making that decision and making that vote? Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think we would, and I don't think it would be warranted either way. Um, Kevin Warren, possibly the worst P- in in a in a bad PR year. 2020, Kevin Warren has done possibly, he, he's up there. He's top three for worst PR moves over the course of calendar year 2020. But he still didn't make that decision. He didn't take that decision away from folks. Yep. Um, and until, it, hey, maybe some of the, these legal letters go through and we get the meetings and we get the recordings and we get all the minutes and we see Warren did a really good job of swaying folks towards not having a season, sure. Okay, well, then we can give that criticism and say he made a case and the presidents went with him. Sure, he's still not the one who made the vote. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, there's one guy who really likes what Kevin Warren is doing, and that's Pac 12 Commissioner Larry Scott, because <laughs> he's the other guy out of a power conference who's canceled the season, uh, or at least has been at the head of the conference that voted to cancel the season, and he's had no uh, no criticism whatsoever come his way thanks to Mr. Warren in the Big and, Ten. And they haven't had to because when they made that decision, they released their scientific data and said this was the reason why. Yep. And they didn't go first, they followed the Big Yeah, look... Yeah, we, we've established Kevin Warren had some trouble, but that's his son playing football has nothing to do with Man, it. Man, say what you want about the Pac-12 not making a college football playoff. They sure can cancel a year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fifth-year anniversary show here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Very special guests joining us right when we come back here. Don't go away. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. All right, rolling along here on a Saturday morning. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. That's Caleb Henry. Hello. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Fifth anniversary, five years we've been doing this show. To the day, actually. It was August 22nd because it was also my sister's birthday uh, when we started this. Back in 2015, just two weeks before the fateful BYU Hail Mary. That's when this thing began. It was it was the dawn of the Mike Riley era, Caleb. Do you okay. remember Mike I'm, Riley? I'm sorry that there were two six foot ten tight ends that they just threw it up to every play, and their <laughs> receivers had an average height of six five. What were you supposed to do with that at the time when the average corner height for Nebraska was what five ten? Maybe maybe do a better job of rushing the passer on the play. What you've been calling for pass rushers <laughs> just since this show started? But who's counting? <laughs> Um, so I, I promised special guests, and I am about to deliver on that. Uh, this show has had me for all five years, but it has not had any uh, of the same supporting cast. That's been uh, a little bit of a revolving door. Maybe we've got some stability here with Mr. D1 Athlete, Mr. Henry. Uh, but before him, before him as the sports director here at KLIN, uh, preceding him was the uh, sports director at KLIN, now working at the Husker Sports Network, Mr. Tim Curran, who uh, rejoins the program for a first time in a long time. Tim, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Well, you've been hyping me up as the special guest, and I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint <laughs> everyone <laughs> with, my, with my presence here. I will do my best, um, but, but yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Yeah, well, so let's go back to some of the stuff that you saw uh, in your time here as KLI and Sports Director. You're, uh, you came in right at the start of the Frost era. 0-6 to start that season. Uh, came back and, and finished it up 4-8. and eight. You have the Tim Miles 18-19 year where they start off like gangbusters, destroy Creighton, Nebraska ball after hours, and then it all falls apart. 
You got the Fred Hoiberg and Will Bold hires. Uh, what were what were some of your favorite parts of uh, of your time at KLIN when you were sports director and here on uh, the show? Well, yeah. Now that you mention it, I was the kiss of death to two of the three major coaches at Nebraska. So <laughs> I guess you're welcome, Fred Hoiberg and Will Bolt. Um, no, I remember that the very first time, Cole, and you'll remember this too. Uh, the game that never was was the first game I was going to cover Nebraska right. in Akron, and that was stormed out, and that was just a bizarre, bizarre night sitting in this stormy press box at Memorial Stadium for hours on end waiting. Oh, Fox Sports is going to carry the game on Sunday. We're all going to come back here at 1030 for some morning football. <laughs> that never ended up happening. So, yeah, it was a really strange season. I remember, too, that Colorado game the next week, uh, in Frost's first year where Nebraska lost it on the very last play, essentially to LaVisca Chenault catching that touchdown pass and, and seeing Frost come out just visibly shaken. I mean, I, I could not believe, and I, I don't think anyone, uh, I think on, on the KLN, on this very hollowed show, I made a very bold prediction Nebraska was going to win like seven or eight games, and boy, did I have <laughs> egg on my face for that. And, uh, yeah, that, I think that, that, that original Frost 0-6 start definitely shocked me um not that i'm not that i'm down on the on the frost era or whatever but i I definitely expected something a little bit more you know better than that but hey it is what it is but there there was definitely a lot i mean tim miles getting fired and and darren erstad stepping down the way he did there was there was quite a bit packed into that calendar year i was covering us for sports tim you don't need to worry about being the kiss of death for any number of head coaches I've been here less than a year, and sports literally aren't happening at the Division One level. So, so feel good about coaches. Um, I feel bad for sports. Why did you start yeah, the, the coronavirus? The continues. Pandemic? It's like the Madden curse on steroids. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before Tim, there was Tom, Tommy, Tommy Rezach. He's uh, here with us as well. Tommy, can you hear us? I can hear you, gentlemen. Good morning. Pleasure to be with you all. Hope you're all doing well. Up in Minnesota, how's that treating you? <laughs> Well, Minnesota's great. I'm actually back in Nebraska this weekend visiting uh, friends and family. I'm in uh, Omaha, actually. I'm going to be checking out the new Top Golf over there. So I'm uh, pretty excited uh, for that. So pretty good weekend to be back on the program, I'd say. Very nice. Well, here on the fifth anniversary show, we've been going down memory lane, and, and you started off. Uh, you were you were there kind of from the beginning as a, a little bit of a part-timer, became a sports director. Uh, I, I, I jotted some things down that you would have seen here. The uh, the 2017 football season, which was super fun and exciting to cover with Sean Eichhorst getting canned like at the four-game mark, I believe. Uh, yeah. the, the Mike Riley firing and our eventful show uh, with some uh, off-color commentary in studio here. Mike Riley uh, and then Scott Frost getting hired. The NIT uh, Big Ten run, uh, the 13-5 and Big Ten season for Nebraska basketball but turning into an NIT uh, bid instead. And then uh, covering 2018 media days right before you took off. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun for you. What do you remember from your time here as uh, as sports director and uh, co-host of the show? Hey, yeah, you touched on a lot of them right there. Uh, the Sean Eichhorst one was really a big shocker. I mean, the Northern Illinois loss was probably the first really yeah. big ripple that I remember because, I mean, obviously that was not supposed to happen and, just the way that game unfolded was just so bizarre. And you knew that that loss was going to have major ramifications in some way. And, and you knew I course was in trouble because he spoke to the media in the post game uh, hallway after the game, which never ever happened. And so you felt like this was a guy really fighting for his job uh, really quite literally. And uh, ended up losing it uh, that week. And then uh, Dave Remington gets brought along and then Bill Moose is hired uh, right after the Ohio state game. So that was, you know, a couple big press conferences there. And then, uh, yeah, 2017 unfolded the way it did. Not great. And, uh, and then, yeah, Scott Frost was hired after the whole, um, you know, AAC championship. I remember Jack and I were, uh, you know, <laughs> on live after that game went final because that's when the reports were starting to stream in nationally that Scott Frost is the new head coach, which, of course, was just so exciting, right? It was the perfect end to a really, really terrible year for Husker football. And, uh, yeah, the excitement and the, just the overall hype that's really hasn't gone away since that day. It's been really exciting to follow and watch. And, yeah, the, and, uh, covering that press conference, uh, you know, I still have a picture on my phone of all the media that was assembled there on the, I think it's the third floor of Memorial Stadium. They yep. had all the media there, and yep. I could still see myself in the row there, uh, just all the people that gathered that day. Uh, 
that's a press conference. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. It was really, frankly, just an honor to be there and to cover it and to do all the coverage that we did. So that was, you know, that was my, my first four months, all of that happened. And then <laughs> things kind of slowed down uh, after that. We did have the 2017 and 18 Nebraska men's basketball season, the 22 wins yet they sort of the tournament and. So I'd say, yeah, those are those are a few of the highlights, I suppose. And yeah, Big Ten Media Days did it twice. Was yeah, was uh, really a thrill doing it uh, those two years. And uh, your predecessor as sports director was, uh, of course, uh, a KLIN legend in his own right, and literally the reason I am here in this studio today. The guy that hired me. Uh, you know him well. It's Kevin Thomas. He's still involved here with the station for the Team Jack Radiothon, um, now working over at the Nebraska State Patrol, and uh, a good college bud of mine. Kevin, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Uh, you mentioned Team Jack. It's this Thursday. Yes. Everybody everybody, get ready. I am knee-deep in kids' interviews and celebrity stories and stuff like that today, so uh, I'm in the thick of it right now, but yeah, congrats on five years. I I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't look into the future when we started the show five years ago. I didn't like think, oh, I wonder what they're going to be doing five years from now. I don't think we could have charted a course from there to today that is as crazy as it has been, right? I mean, yeah. what, what stability has existed outside of John Cook in Nebraska volleyball being extremely dominant? What stability has there been? There has been so many twists and turns in the story of Nebraska athletics over the last five years. Yeah, uh, Kevin, before Cole goes down memory road with you, at the last Team Jack Gala, you were honored. Um, I was happy to be there and see that. You obviously looked looked emotional um, when you got presented with, with, the, with an award. Uh, so I just wanted to say congratulations on that. I've enjoyed all of your work you've done uh, with Team Jack in this next Thursday. I know Jack Mitchell is excited to go down, and we're excited to have uh, Team Jack Radiothon again here on KLIN. Yeah, it's it's my fun one day a year that I get to play radio. So it's <laughs> I have a lot of fun with it every year. But it's the connections I've made with these families over the last eight years. Uh, it, it's that's again something I wouldn't have expected when Andy Hoffman called eight years ago and said, "Hey, can we do a radiothon?" And and I said, "I sure." <laughs> uh, I, I would have never guessed that it would have reached the heights it has. It's been really cool to be a part of. Yes, hundred percent seconded uh, on everything Caleb said there. Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned volleyball. You were here for uh, one national title and just missed a second uh, before you left the station. Tommy was here in 2017 for that second one. You saw the BYU hail mary right after <laughs> I bit, began this game or began this uh, show. That Michigan State game with "Let Me Clear My Throat," the big Mike Riley win of his era, uh, the bowl game after the losing season, um, the the unfortunate uh, tragedy of Sam Foltz. Uh, the the seven and zero start in twenty sixteen where they briefly hit the top ten. Uh, it, there was a lot packed into the time that you were here while uh, while we were running that thing. Uh, what do you remember from the 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 time as as a sports director here at KLIN? Well, I mean the the BYU hail mary for sure. Um, that was like the beginning of the gut punches yeah. of the Mike Riley era, and there and there were so so many because it it was we had gone from losses that were blowout losses fewer by by for by any stretch under Bo Pelini and previous coaches they, they were blowout losses but under Riley it was it was all yeah there were the blowouts but there were times where you thought they might be able to get this and they, they just couldn't get it done I that first season how many one possession losses were there it yeah. seemed like just about every one was um, where they had a lead in the fourth quarter. So that was the beginning of the gut punches of, of the Riley era. But I think if, if there's a like a good positive memory of Nebraska football in the last five years, it's odd, uh, and Tommy mentioned it, but it's the AAC championship game. <laughs> find, find a time where Nebraska football was as united as we were cheering for UCF with everybody just hoping upon hope upon hope that at the end of the game, we were going to get our head coach, yeah. right? I mean, if that game doesn't go that way, it still happens. Scott's still here. But we were as united as a fan base in that moment as I think we probably had been for any game um, prior to that in the last three years. Almost as united as everybody is right now against the national media narrative. It's <laughs> yeah. kind you of crazy. I, I, there have been a lot of times over the last week that I have just thought, I don't know what I would say right now. Because it's just strange. I, and I don't, I, 
you guys are doing some incredible work and have been, especially in the news and sports industries over the last five months with everything that's been going on. And then to have, we get so close to actually having football again, and then just have the rug ripped out from underneath us. Um, you'll have to find something to talk about for the next three months. And I desperately, I don't want to hear constant SEC talk, please. I think we can accommodate you for for avoiding (laughs) SEC talk. Please do not adopt an SEC team to root for if they actually play. Oh, we're supposed to adopt Missouri, right? Sporting News thinks that... Oh, my gosh, no. They haven't haven't looked at the the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years of college football. Um, And, and yeah, to your point, Kevin and and Caleb is the full-timer here. I just do this on Saturday mornings. But, uh, Tim Curran, you're at the Husker Sports Network. You guys do this every day as well. Uh, What are you guys looking to do this fall with no... Uh, Husker sports to cover. Yeah, they'll still be Husker football on Saturdays. It won't be uh, live, <laughs> but it'll still yeah. be on. We're going to air the 94 season. Actually, don't uh, don't look that up. <laughs> I want to say it's a 94 season, but we're going to be playing uh, uh, some edition of our greatest games every Saturday, uh, go through that whole season. And then we've got our podcast. You guys might have seen that drop, Osborne and the option. That yes. We yeah. Together. Big thanks to Nate Rohr, who is a big part of that as well. And so mm-hmm. that we're really ha- uh, happy with that. The, the listens have exploded. So that's, that's really good stuff to listen to. And, yeah, you can still uh, hear me occasionally yapping on Sports Nightly. You can get that every 6 to 9 p.m. every weekday night. So we still got some stuff room. And there might be some Twitch. There might be some eSports stuff going on. You might Ooh. see me attempting to play. NCAA football, so uh, so keep your eyeballs peeled for that. So we've got some stuff to keep us busy. So don't don't you guys worry about me. I'll I'll figure out <laughs> how to how to occupy myself in this uh, post apocalyptic scape we live in. So, um, but yeah, we got a lot of exciting projects coming up. I want you to throw the fade to Omar Manning as often as possible if that comes to fruition. <laughs> I want to see that guy go up and get it because he can't see it this fall apparently. Uh Tommy up in Minnesota, what are you up to? There there is fall sports going on for uh some of the stuff that you're covering, right? Yeah, so for those who don't know what I'm doing now after I left KLIN, I was at News Channel Nebraska in Fairbury Beatrice for 2 years. Uh contract was running out and I had some options and uh landed at uh KROX Radio in Crookston, Minnesota, the uh, as the New voice of the NCAA Division II University of Minnesota Crookston. They're in the same conference as uh, Wayne State, in fact. And uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I did. I changed jobs in April of this year, which was a very strange time to do it. I arrived when <laughs> Minnesota was in a lockdown order. Um, so obviously, I yeah, I've been itching to do sports for a while. Uh, the last thing I did was a state basketball game. It was Sutton against BRLD, I think, and that was March fifteenth. And yeah, I haven't done live play-by-play since that day. And uh, in the state of Minnesota, so the Division Two ranks basically everybody's postponed to the fall, yep. or excuse me, postponed to the winter, uh, January first at least. And then uh, high school football and volleyball, unfortunately, have been postponed to the spring yeah. in Minnesota. So this whole time, when I was uh, getting ready to move to Minnesota, <laughs> I was kind of stressing about teach reteaching myself hockey. Well, the only sport that we're going to have live on the radio as of now is high school soccer. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll be a learning curve. I've done soccer twice on television, both times, and it was fun, but yeah, it's a sport that it lends itself more to TV than radio. Cause there's a lot of dead space. There's a lot of non-action, I guess, for lack of a better term. So that'll be a learning curve, but, uh, yeah, really excited, um, when this does end, uh, to work with the university of Minnesota Crookston and the golden Eagles and, uh, to work with all the area high schools up there, it's going to be a lot of what I did in Southeast Nebraska, covering regional schools, uh, you know, doing some college sports, just, you know, doing play by play. I host a radio show. It's news, music, sports, et cetera, every day now from 11 to four. So, uh, nice. yeah, it's, it's been a learning curve to do all this during a pandemic, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have something by golly, and we're a Twins affiliate, so we got that going for us. Yeah, Tommy, uh, we'll we'll have football and volleyball going here on KLIN, but I know I for one am looking forward to you with an English accent doing some of these soccer games just to keep them exciting. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, someone approached my boss, so my uh, the Crookston Pirates are the hometown high school, and my boss does a lot of the pirate games while I'll be doing a lot of regional games. And someone came up to him and said. Well, are you ready for your goal call? And he said, "Oh no, it's all Tommy. It's all Tommy. Tommy will be doing the uh, the soccer. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting." Kevin, I'll give you the last word. Uh, what what are you uh, anticipating uh, for the fall? Just 
Some high school sports are still going on. Uh, we have Pius here on the radio on KLIN, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens with fall and winter, and and or not fall with winter and spring sports, and and what happens there. But uh, what are uh, what are you seeing on the horizon here? Uh, I, I guess more than anything, I want the if it is at all possible, I want the high school season to go all the way through. I understand there may be some delays, there may be some forfeits or cancellations or things like that. But I want to see football at Memorial Stadium with champions being crowned. I think if yeah. we get there in November, if we get to that point, uh, here at, at least for the sports world in Nebraska, that's a successful fall, right? Um, so I, that's because, and that I think that goes that that has an additional layer to it that that we've got the virus better under control, things like that, numbers, and I know. We're going to be waiting to see what things look like here in the next couple of weeks with everybody getting back into school. Um, but if we're able to crown some champions in football at Memorial Stadium in November, I think that's a successful fall uh, by by many more measures than just the football field. So yeah. that's what my hope is. Um, I, 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 I'm going to be listening to whatever 1994 football games we've got on on the network on Saturdays. Uh, I've got more highlights and stuff. Actually, I don't know. It was probably five or six years ago. We did a Saturday morning series. Uh, I think it was during the summer where we went back through the entire 94 season. Uh, and so that's a really fun season. There's stuff in there that you won't remember happened. I re- we remember the, the, the Brooks stuff for sure. We remember the Terminator against Kansas State and coming back in, in the second half against Oklahoma State. I mean, there's, there's so many twists and turns in that season that you won't remember happened. So. Uh, that's cool that the network's going to do that, and we've got something to listen to on Saturdays. But uh, we'll get through it together, right? We'll we'll all find a way to to struggle through, but let's get this high school football season all the way through. Yeah, well said, uh, Kevin Thomas, Tommy Rezach, Tim Curran. Uh, all three uh, have been a part of this show in in whatever name it had at their time, uh, and uh, hitting five years is pretty cool. And we appreciate you guys coming on with us to uh, to help celebrate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and, and thanks a lot for coming by. Absolutely, be safe, guys. Tim, Tommy, thanks hey, to you too. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that's uh, that was fun. Yes, I'm glad that worked out. And uh, I, I didn't watch the Facebook, but Kenny, I'm, I'm sure you did great with that. It looked uh, good. I've, I've got it pulled up over here. Very good. Kenny did a great job, as always. I, I would expect nothing less. So the best in the biz. Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hit our break here, and uh, I, I think we've got two more segments. Uh, maybe. Oh, where's the mouse? Yes. We, uh, we've got a lot more to get to. Uh, I wanted to hit on some recruiting. because Commitments, decommitments. Where does uh, Nebraska's quarterback situation rank going into 2020? Yep. It might not be as high as you thought it might be, or at least according to one source. And uh, if you if you thought Nebraska was done with getting Division One transfers who were on scholarship to leave that scholarship and come here and pay their own way to walk on at Nebraska, you're wrong. There's another one. So we'll talk about that and all the recruiting news when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour right after this. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. That was really fun. Yes. Uh, we just had uh, a little little reunion of sorts uh, with uh, the three former sports directors here at KLIN during this show's run of five years. Uh, if you missed any of that, of course, head to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can catch up uh, with the video of it. All three of those uh, those guys joined us via video um, on the Facebook live feed. You can watch that back anytime at KLIN Huskers uh, and on Twitter at the same place. Uh, we've got a little bit of time. We're going to hit on the recruiting stuff. Uh, Kamonte Grimes, wide receiver from Naples, Florida, 6'3", 200, uh, three-star. Nebraska beat Michigan out for this guy, mm-hmm. and he's the third wide receiver in this class of 2021 now. Possibly defensive back, but most likely a wide receiver. Possibly DB, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's listed as a receiver, and uh, and and he's, look, another guy out of Florida, another guy with good size at six foot three. Uh, that's definitely been a trend with this staff and, and, and Frost trying to steer the size uh, the size thing in recruiting, and that this is just another uh, feather in their cap on that. Uh, the 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 transfer that I wanted to talk about, the walk on, uh, Oliver Martin was playing at Iowa. He originally was uh, from Iowa City, four star recruit uh, in the 2017 class, but he committed to Michigan. Redshirted in 17, played in 18, 
transferred to Iowa and was there, uh, and, and he's got two touchdowns in his career, leaving Iowa's scholarship to come to walk on at Nebraska, which is exactly what Ezra Miller did, who was on the offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, joined Zach Schlager, Norden Nuili, Jared Bubak, Levi Falk, all those guys transferred from Division One schools and are walking on at Nebraska, which is just hilarious to me that all of these guys are just starting to pile up on the roster. Now, um, now yeah. last week there was a decommitment as well from California linebacker yep. Will Schweitzer. Um, he decommitted, and then like just a couple hours later, he committed again, but it was to Notre Dame. Um, also last weekend, I believe on Sunday, a big one for in the city of Lincoln, Pius the Tenth, uh, big Alexis Markowski, basketball standout, led the Thunderbolts to a Class A championship last year over Lincoln East, which, by the way, will have that Pius Lincoln East football game this next Friday here on 1400 KLIN. Uh, myself, Kellen Haviken, and Jack Mitchell. Jack's going to have a little bit of a split uh, loyalty for that one. <laughs> but Alexis Markowski flips from South Dakota State to Nebraska. Um, that's a big get for Amy Williams and the women's basketball team. Yeah, and a, a Husker legacy, her dad, Andy Markowski. Oh, did he play? He played here did, in Nebraska. Did he, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've ever seen him, you know he's a basketball player because he's a giant. Uh, and he also did some play, some of the color commentary with Kent Pavelka as well. Yep. Um, if you've heard him on the radio, Andy Markowski's daughter uh, from Pius, going to come in and, and be a Husker. That was cool mm-hmm. to see, too. Um, we're going to hit our last break right now. Uh, we do have a big announcement for recruiting coming up this week. Yes. Maybe the most important to this staff uh, of this entire cycle. Uh, We'll tell you who that is if you don't already know uh, right when we come back to wrap up the show. This is KLI and Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. All right, wrapping this thing up here. Uh, an anniversary show is pretty cool uh, to get Kevin Thomas, Kami Rezach, and Tim Curran yeah. on uh, with Caleb Henry and uh, myself uh, for a little bit of a reunion. And speaking of uh, programming on this station and hitting five years, uh, a new show going to follow this show very soon. Caleb, tell us about it. Yeah, beginning next week. We Well, we made our announcement yesterday that KLIN is going to be following Pius X Athletics football and some volleyball games. We're working on that schedule for this fall. We'll see what we do going forward as well. But to bring a little bit more of high school coverage as well, beginning next Saturday, Follow and following this show every Saturday after that, except for Labor Day weekend, because it's Labor Day weekend and we might want to go do something. Um, going to be the high school hour. We're going to bring you scores from around the city, not just football, but volleyball as well. Cross country and girls golf results. Um, also going to have interviews with coaches and the, the players and everything that's been going on through the week. So very excited to expand our high school coverage going through this fall on 1400 KLIN. So when you wake up on your Saturdays, 9 o'clock, you've got your Husker hour. 10 to 11, you've got your high school hour. Very cool. And, and yeah, the pious announcement is uh, is also something we haven't talked about here on this show yet today, but that was announced this week. Uh, pious Athletics going to be play-by-play uh, coverage right here on KLIN. Very cool. Uh, and we are looking forward to delivering that to you because uh, there's not as, much, not as many people can go to games as exactly. as previously uh, known. And and before we get to the, the commitment watch, uh, speaking of Nebraska high schools, uh, there was an in-state offer made just yesterday for uh, Nebraska 2021 Westside DB Kobe Bretz. Uh, he's got a Husker offer. He was pretty excited about that. Perhaps see uh, an imminent commitment out of him. Uh, but the big commitment watch that we are keeping an eye on is Wednesday, the 26th of August. It's coming up this week. Thomas Fedoni. Yes. Four-star, 6'5", 217, tight end out of Council Bluffs, Lewis Central. He's top 100 overall, top three tight end nationally. Uh, deciding between Nebraska, Iowa, LSU, Michigan. This is the guy on top of Scott Frost's list. He's a program-changing tight end. Is what he is. Yeah, and he's been here a lot on unofficials. Mm -hmm. Friends with a lot of the guys who are in the class already. Got a good feeling about this one. Uh, We will see. We will cover all of that, of course, next week. Here's to five more years. Go Big Red. Wear a mask. We'll see you next week.